Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from sunny and a bit hot Southern California. Hello, this is Stephen G. Fullwood. I'm the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project, and I'm coming to you from Harlem, and it is hot here. I think it's in the low 80s. Hi, I'm Seth Rodney. I am an editor at the Hyperallergic Art Blog and recent author of The Personalization of the Museum Visit, which was published by Routledge in May of this year. And I am in the South Bronx, not too far from Stephen, so it is just as hella hot here as it is there. <laughs> this is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. We are back to our discussion, uh, our long-form discussion on climate change. Uh, mm. We uh, had a brief detour uh, last week and, and spoke about Toni Morrison, uh, recently passed. So the topic, I believe, this week, are we talked about the area's hardest hit by climate change. So in the scientifically grounded speculations about where climate change is going to go, what it's going to do to communities. Certain communities are certainly going to be more uh, dramatically impacted than others. So mm -hmm. it's a big planet, um, mm -hmm. at least from human from the human point of view. Mm -hmm. um, so Seth, Stephen, uh, you know, we both agreed, we all agreed to kind of do some reading and, and, and find out since we're not climate scientists, but we are concerned citizens. And as our former president said, citizen is one of the most important positions in a society. I tend to agree with that in a democracy. So we have a responsibility to be informed citizens. So informed citizens, countrymen, <laughs> what what have you found? <laughs> I wouldn't call myself so informed. I was reading some articles online and did some crunching. But Seth, do you want to? Um... Yeah, I think I can start just by, I mean, one of the things that occurred to me in looking at this is that it's very plausible to talk about climate change in terms of things that are happening out there. A uh, report released by... Uh, global, the Global Climate Risk Index, released in 2015, uh, subtitled Who Suffers Most from Extreme Weather Events, talks mm -hmm. about basically more than half a million people have died as a res direct result of approximately 15,000 extreme weather events between 1994 and 2013. Okay. In 2013, the Philippines, Cambodia, and India led the list of the most affected countries. Part of my concern with reeling off statistics like this is that I realize that particularly for a U.S. audience, and most of our audience is going to be based in the U.S., yeah, that doesn't necessarily cut a lot of mustard or have a lot of traction. I think when you say things like the Florida Keys are very much in threat of disappearing or half of New Orleans, or maybe not half, but a significant portion of New Orleans has already been lost. And it's very likely that we could lose the majority of it mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. next 20, 30 years. I think that that has more purchase with people. Uh, so there's part of me that wants to talk about the worst affected places, but I'm also cognizant of the fact that if I say the Maldives, if I say the Great Barrier Reef is dying off, that mm -hmm. that won't that won't move the needle of public perception or mm. uh, or the way your 
the way your hearts respond. This is powerful. Keep talking. Keep talking about this because I have something to say about this. Well, I think if anything else I have to say is that part of the issue, and we often come back to a kind of critique of our culture, right? Uh, I suppose that's inevitable. Part of the problem I have with the ways that we understand very complex issues like climate change is that we don't, as a culture generally, understand them until they're made personal. So Rob Portman, right? Uh, Republican senator, I believe, um, somewhere in the Midwest, Mm. uh, very vocal about anti-LGBTQ policies Mm. and legislation Mm -hmm. until his son came out as gay. Then when his son came out as gay, he was like, oh, well, I love my son. He's a human being. Clearly, we need to rethink what we've been <laughs> saying about LGBTQ this people. This is the Cheneys, right? too, right? I mean, so Cheney is Dick yes. Cheney, you know, sort yeah. of like straight up the middle as conservative as, or not straight, as, as conservative as conservative can be, but his daughter is gay. And right. so, mm-hmm. but they're fine, they're fine with the gay thing, right? So right. like everything else, you know, they, no, no, they we have... Can, right, we can bomb the shit out of people of color that we yeah. will never meet um, because American might equals right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, let's let's go easy on the gay people for now. Like, yeah. yeah. For yeah. now, because we're actually just talking about my family. We're right. not really talking about policy. Right. And maybe yeah. with just a lip service, you know, in That's some right. ways, because we have to see the policies sort of overturned. That this idea of this, I don't know if it really falls into the idea of American exceptionalism, but what we are really experiencing is the fra- um, my Mary Ann Williamson <laughs> moment where we're just not connected. <laughs> And that yeah. as a result of that fracturedness and a result of being able to only see what is almost directly in front of you kind of nonsense mm-hmm. has really impacted our vision to see and to feel and to be empathetic. Do you mm-hmm. know? When I was mm-hmm. a kid, I remember those care commercials as a kid. You know, they're in Africa and they're showing kids and substandard, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was no way to translate it for a child. We oh, just yeah. knew that Africa was a, not a place to go. That was it. Right. Right. That's all we got. Yeah. So right. the teachers and our parents and other people were, well, you better eat because there's some kids starving in Africa. Really? They're children starving in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. know? So yeah. so I, I don't want to get too far off of my point, but this idea that really stops us from understanding, I think, the changes in the global climate really are just so so indi- indicative of so many other things that, that fa- we failed at or that we mm-hmm. have no capacity to build. I mean, we have the capacity to build, but don't have the capacity right now. Mm-hmm. So starting off globally, it doesn't do it. I mean, I agree with yeah. you. you yeah, I, I, I do. I think you're right to point out the limitation of that story for most humans. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I think I feel too, I think I have two emotional responses to the standard oppositional responses to climate change and a responsibility to address it. So there's, I don't have a great deal of uh, antipathy towards less like sort of working class Americans or working class people in any country or culture that are Mm -hmm. not overly concerned with climate change because 
we just haven't really, that's not what our species does, right? We're good at uh, assessing what's in front of us, directly in front mm -hmm. of us, immediately planning for the future. You know, how do we mm -hmm. kill that, you know, lion that's on the edge of the savanna or whatever? Mm -hmm. and, and, and most of a, most of a working class family's life is circumscribed by what is immediately in front of them. How do I get to the next paycheck? How do I get to work? How do I you know, stop my kid from being bullied or how do I stop my kid from bullying or right. whatever. And, mm -hmm. and of course you can mix in entertainments and shallow distractions and all that kind of stuff. And of course right. that's all, tr that's all true. So I, I don't, it doesn't produce a great deal of animosity for me and I don't expect mm -hmm. people to care for things that are essentially invisible. It's very mm -hmm. difficult to care for things that are invisible. Mm -hmm. I have... It's theoretical. A, it's a bit invisible. Theoretical. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. I mean things that you are. Yeah. You know. It's not like right in front of their face. I have a great deal of antipathy towards mm. vested power interests that are preoccupied with short-term economic gains <laughs> and and preoccupations with commerce mm -hmm. that that are that understand the consequences and the effects of climate change mm -hmm. and ref not only refuse to do anything about it, maybe you can rationalize that because, you know, they're responsible for jobs or whatever, but are also obfuscationist and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and do things to actively obstruct and mm -hmm. prevent a more aggressive, ambitious agenda, right? So I, I, for me, my animosity is targeted at those people. And for those people, I do think it's reasonable to hold them to a standard of where are these, where are these going to be impacting, where are these going to impact cities around the globe? These are people, they can think about commerce transnationally to import and export their products, right? Mm -hmm. They can do currency, uh, they can factor the prices of their oil and natural gas on currency exchange markets to trade with Vietnam or Cambodia. But <laughs> you're, but you're saying that they can't imagine what climate change is going to do to coastal cities? Sure. No way. No way. I don't, I don't <laughs> think those people get to be let off the hook. Um, and and well, I, I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Seth. You're about to say. Well, no, I, I just want to, I'm, <clears throat> what I want to say is that I'm mindful that we're going a bit off topic and that we're critiquing what essentially are our attitudes and our outlooks, but we really want, I think, this episode to talk a bit more about what is actually happening in those places in the world that are feeling the the very the very pointy end of despair right now. In I was trying to boomerang. Change. I was actually trying to boomerang back to that okay, because sorry. you had said you had said that it wasn't. You had said that it was not very effective to talk about right. how things are going to be affected outside the United States. I'm saying we can talk about all of that because I think that the people that are mm. responsible for these policies can they do have the capacity to talk about what's going to happen to Myanmar what's going to happen to Cambodia mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what's going to happen to low-lying coastal cities I'll to be very grounded in specific Jordan for example one of the most water stressed countries in the world is already you know has extreme water shortages that are only going to get worse and mm -hmm. so um, so anyway I'm, I'm sorry but yeah I, I appreciate the the reminder I, I'm with you though like mm -hmm. you know what are some other concrete examples mm -hmm. of places that are going to be devastated by mm. rising mm. global temperatures. Mm. So the, the Marshall South. Island. Go ahead, go ahead, Stephen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. I was, you, you go ahead. I'm going to uh, wait. 
Mm-hmm. I was just going to talk about the Marshall Islands. Uh, okay. okay. The Marshall Islands, they say that by mid-century, thousands of them could become uninhabitable because the sea levels could rise by 16 inches. Mm. That's a foot and four inches. That's mm-hmm. significant. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what we're talking about is places like them just... I mean, and the Maldives and the Marshall Islands, I think, are, 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 are looking at a, a similar scenario, that mm-hmm. they will literally be lost. They will mm-hmm. Par- mm-hmm. be part of the sea. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about the South. Mm. Mm-hmm. The different parts of the South, Texas, mm-hmm. Louisiana. I mean, there mm-hmm. are places where they're already experiencing this. I mean, mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier about Louisiana, or at least the lower parts of Louisiana, the New Orleans and whatnot. But there are places mm-hmm. that are feeling the economic stress. They are feeling the effects of global climate change in real time, like all of us, but in different ways, in a more stressed area. We're talking mm-hmm. about agriculture, mortality, the lack of energy, low-risk labor, high-risk labor, coastal damages, property crime, violent crime. These things are all have all been impacted too and linked to climate change. Mm-hmm. And that these red states, these red states specifically, these are the um, Republicans who do not believe or not moving mm-hmm. the needle on making their their um, their their states more mm-hmm. um, compliant or not compliant, but just aware of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're deniers. They're climate change deniers. So mm-hmm. you've got mm-hmm. the policies that are really fucking these people's lives up more. Mm-hmm. You know. And and the people with with vested interests in those areas, what you right? I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I re- I remember uh, the story made the rounds around the 2016 election, or I guess maybe just after Trump got elected, that mm-hmm. um, and his climate change policies they were obvious, but like sort of mm-hmm. the consequences of that kind of denialism, and across the board, it's red states in the United yeah. States mm-hmm. that are going to be the most impacted by climate change, yeah. the the the, mo- the the ones that are the least prepared and the least willing to do anything about Mm -hmm. the change that's coming for coastal communities, for water supplies, for food supplies, Mm -hmm. uh, and all the the other things that you listed. And Mm -hmm. we're seeing it in real time where these places are being destroyed by these um, rising tornadoes or rising Mm -hmm. hurricanes. And the Mm -hmm. response is so... Um, slow, like snail slow. We mm-hmm. need to do this. There's all arguing about who needs what relief. We're still, P- Puerto Rico's still fucked up. Mm-hmm. Puerto Rico's yeah. still fucked up because it hasn't made the news cycle recently except for throwing out that, um, the governor. Yeah, I think the governor throwing him out. That's right. Three risk. times, I think. They, they, they're they on their third governor now or something like that, I think. But you, but I you don't know, want this. Yes, it was an odd yeah. moment. Yeah, still. But you but know, we know it's weird is that I'm, I'm looking over the statistics. I, I'm, Struck by the fact that you have two sort of extreme weather conditions, or I should say, well, yeah, they are kind of weather conditions happening at the same time, or mm-hmm. one is a weather condition, another is a sort of effect. Mm-hmm. Is you have in Madison, Wisconsin, you have extreme drought happening yeah. in certain parts mm-hmm. of the year, right? But in mm-hmm. places like Louisville, Kentucky, you're getting extreme precipitation Mm -hmm. so that you get flooding. So uh, it's, 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 I guess it's kind of hard for people to wrap their heads around the fact that in one part of the country, you could have climate change actually be registering as Mm -hmm. a lack of water, right? That, Mm -hmm. that, and, and, and anecdotally, I'd read about this too in, in certain parts of the farm parts of the country. 
Um, but in other parts of the country, they are literally getting flooded out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the extremes that are the problem, right? right. So, I mean, <laughs> right. you, there's nothing, there's no, uh, you know, it's not like there's an infinite reservoir with which to capture torrential rain. Like at right. a certain point, the rain itself, beca- the precipitation becomes the enemy and, mm-hmm. and, and is a site of destruction mm-hmm. as much as, if not more so, than the extreme, uh, than mm-hmm. extreme drought. And mm-hmm. then the effects are, you know, erosion. So if mm-hmm. you're, if all the topsoil mm-hmm. is eroding, if the mechanisms for that climate for capturing rain are being eroded right. in torrential rain mm-hmm. when the drought comes there's even less nutrition in the soil for right. it to recover right. and it's this sort of cascading effect you uh, again to to stay with uh, Seth's reminder to be specific i rem- i was remembering uh, just uh, Stephen, your uh, comment about the south does mm-hmm. north carolina is that officially that's north or south is north carolina so the north carolina state legislature whatever it was 6 years ago 7 years ago or whatever mm. literally passed a law that you could only use historical shoreline records. You could not use projected shoreline records <laughs> for legislation around real estate and real estate pricing and stuff like that. So it, it literally, it was a willful, intentional mm-hmm. effort mm-hmm. to protect and prop up real estate prices for what? <laughs> 10 years, five right. years, 12 years, what, and then whatever. The bottom, and then the bottom falls out. Yeah. And, right. and you bet, you better believe that the people that are doing that are selling their real estate when they need to sell their real estate <laughs> yeah. before any of that stuff bottoms out. Right. Like there, there are predatory creatures at mm-hmm. the top of our food, our economic food chain mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. are making a lot of money off mm-hmm. of what we would call red state. Um, oh, yeah. Like, I, I mean, we would red states or red states, but like kind of what I would call, you know, ignorance, not, not that the, not that the people are ignorant, but no, no, ignorant in the way mm-hmm. that all humans can be ignorant. Right. right. I mean, we all mm-hmm. have our blind spots and there are people that are making tremendous loads of money off yeah. of this. But yeah, you know, anyways, okay, sorry. I just want to add to that very briefly, and then I'm going to get more specific um, per Seth's request, and that is, are we living in, and I mentioned this before in a past podcast about this apocalyptic nature of living. Mm-hmm. We're going to die anyway. We might as well make as much money as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. I was on the train yesterday talking to a friend, and there was someone, you know, who comes on the train in New York City, and they try to sell things and say, this is for the homeless. If there's anyone who's hungry, I have food here, da da da. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to make a donation today. They were recently found out as frauds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, really? and I just go... Mm-hmm. I mean, the grift game in the world is amazing. There is mm-hmm. shit that I have not even heard of mm-hmm. from people who would make money for a small amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wonder, I, I, I don't like saying we're doomed, you know, but I just feel like there is something to not feeling like there is a future to preserve. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I, you know? I think I, I absolutely think that that sort of nihilism is at the heart of oh. a lot of that. And it's at the heart of our, uh, by his own admission, our current president. Absolutely. He talked about that, like some helicopter crash killed some top level executives in the 80s or 90s in Trump executives. Oh, I and mm. and he did an interview not long after that where he was like, you know, this is just what life is. Like it can be taken away at any moment. None of it means anything. Like that's that kind of nihilism. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm, is mm-hmm, absolutely mm-hmm. at the heart of that apocalypticism, fatalism, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's absolutely on the right track. So and 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 uh, per that specific information regarding climate change and how it's affecting us, apparently June was the hottest month on record ever. July. Oh, July. I think ju- July. Well, that I think July. June. Yeah, oh, July. Just sense. the one that just passed. Yeah, 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 that yeah. ever, mm-hmm. ever that we've ever recorded. Yeah, <laughs> that's just ridiculous. Provided that we have only a certain amount of information that we can use to measure <laughs> right. whether or not it was the hottest on right. record, to, right? To signify what you just said about that's, the real estate records, it's just like really, that's, it's that's the suppression of information. It's astonishingly, yeah. it's just yeah, it's mind boggling what people will do to live. In a certain yeah. way. Or to you live know? in their own ideology. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, oh, to, definitely. To, yeah, 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 yeah. There's, it, it's a little uh, wonky, but there is, it's a very rich and fruitful area of human, of social science and humanistic scholarship right now, which is that, uh, and they, they would have pushed back on my term, uh, on my uh, characterizing it as ignorance. There are actually, there are actually forms of knowledge that are, that are counter epistemological. So you mm. actually, that it's not as if it's just ignorance of climate change, but that literally there are counter knowledge networks that work mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. dominant knowledge networks or specialized knowledge networks or whatever you want to call it and that uh-huh. and that and that there are actually there are internal logics and there are internal like facts to these these counter epistemological networks and mm-hmm. and they're very resistant to mm-hmm. change right mm-hmm. it's not as if sunlight as knowledge disinfects them right they they actively <laughs> are resisting no. That kind of information, uh, and I, I, I think it's a We're good reminder. A of, yeah, I think it's a good reminder. I apologize. I just think about the disinfecting part. We're about to get a lot of goddamn sunshine. Let's yeah. see how. <laughs> We're about to get a lot That's of right. fucking That's sunshine. Right. That's right. Yeah. Ooh, it's, goodness it, gracious. So other areas of, uh, you know, I know that uh, Europe, for example, has been. Uh, there's been uh, a recalcitrant heat wave that sort of set yeah. in in the last uh, this summer. Yeah. It's not that they don't have hot days, but that it, it's persistent and it's long. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have air conditioning the way that most of the United States right. does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so extreme weather leads to more deaths that you had brought up at the beginning, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that yeah. actually uh, uh, the elderly are more vulnerable. And you know, we had talked about on previous podcasts, the elderly, the poor – uh, mm-hmm. are more vulnerable to to these these kind of changes you know high rises in new york are probably going to be fine hey i mean but then there is also the spread of disease the mm-hmm. decreased water wildfires are going to continue to rage um mm-hmm. and then it's the econ- it's the ecosystem that's really breaking up you know because if mm-hmm. we're talking about for i think lake erie in 2007 didn't freeze for the first time and so hmm. that affected uh-huh. fish populations it affected migration patterns this is two, birds. 2000 2007 7 okay all according right to okay. this article read yeah right. so it's it's just affecting the different ways i mean it's really affecting our thinking and not in the best best ways like the, the best or, the better ways is we need to do something about this let's recycle let's Carbon emissions, let's bring them down. Let's do renewable sources of energy. And then there is, mm. ah, you know, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, right. Um, yeah. And try not to be in the, ah, you know, so much because it, it will cloud your thinking. And it yeah. will allow you to think of things. But 
I mean, you know, we, could, we could be hit by a solar flare at any time. Thank you, Jupiter, for not yeah. getting, for you know for these kinds of things and the magnetic poles or whatnot that don't hopefully won't shift any time in our lifetime. But there are yeah, there's a lot to consider, and that was a big yeah. mishmash there. So I apologize for that. No, no, it's it's okay. The the I it helped me actually think of a, a response to my own uh, sometimes sanguine. Uh, approach like, well, you know, New York high rises are going to be fine, etc. I mean, historically that, I mean, we know that, I mean, climate, dramatic climate change uh, shifts have happened historically. And mm-hmm. there, there is active research around the effects of that. And, and one of, uh, one of the areas in which they think climate change had a dramatic impact on the established elite society was in ancient Egypt. So the Hyksos in like the 17th century, mm-hmm. there, it's argued may have been driven across the Aegean into Egypt, uh, mm-hmm. which led to the fall of that civilization because of dramatic weather changes uh mm-hmm. and uh, and so there's it's not people do, as we know you know if you if you watch fox news fox news uh, <laughs> people people don't just sit around and watch the world in they move they get up no right and, and right, they right. they they you know they used to jump in ships or they they walked and now they get in boats and vans and and they go places where they think it's going to be better and i mm-hmm, i don't mm-hmm. say that to defend the rhetoric around invasion or any of that kind of stuff. I I don't believe that. But they do. Mm-hmm, Steve mm-hmm. Bannon and that lot of people actually do read the things that I'm talking about. Oh yeah. And and they do believe that those areas where climate change is going to hit be hit the hardest, they do believe that that will drive volatility and mm-hmm. um and potentially uh invasions that that's the worldview that they are operating inside of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah that's sobering <laughs> and dangerous at the same time i <clears throat> want to kind of begin to round out the conversation today by saying or by asking what we want to talk about next and i i, I think we have a sense now of the places in the world, how they're vulnerable, um, in what ways they're vulnerable, what places in the world are most vulnerable. Should we talk about what we can do practically? I like that. So I, there are two things I'd like to, one is practically, and I, I would just add in to exploitation, right? I mean, these places are vulnerable to exploitation. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of what we've gotten at. I mean, if it's sort of rounding out the conversation, mm-hmm. that is what we've gotten at, right? I mean, that these places are vulnerable to be exploited by people mm-hmm. that are in, that are in power and, and do understand. To, mm-hmm. What we can do, I definitely want to talk about that. I'd also like to talk about, lowering the temperature on the rhetoric around climate change because there is very good uh, I'll say the Berkeley Climate Change Project which is uh, data driven and and very well respected and has be- their research has begun to be incorporated in larger projects is not it's more concerned about certain things that are not often talked about and less concerned about things that are often talked about. Okay. So there is, there is a way to uh, complicate the picture that I think makes room for what we can do. It makes room for not hope in a flat, naive way, but hope mm-hmm. in that like, no, we can get our shoulder, we can put our shoulder to the wheel and we can do some things to mitigate mm-hmm, what's coming. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, so I'd, I'd like to talk about both of those things. And then a third one not to, I, uh, is I'd really like Seth to talk about how climate change and its preoccupation has shaped themes in the art world in contemporary oh, art and, cool. and 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 how hmm. like you're beginning to see the representations of that in artwork um hmm. and uh preoccupations with artists so yeah okay all right yeah let's do that um, um maybe next week we can talk about the berkeley report and see where that takes us yeah 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 i, I, I would like that good steven do you have anything Oh no! Actually, I'm just writing down climate change and <laughs> climate change and archives. I'm like, let me think about that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, that's something I think I know or know a little yeah. bit about, but definitely need to yeah. learn about. So yeah. yeah. Um, thanks very much for the conversation. Indeed. Cool. Thank you.